Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hi there, welcome to the show with Levi Solicitors. Discount on your legal fees if you go through the Square Ball. 85 years of experience under their belts of Levi's. They'll give you 10% off for going through the Square Ball or 20% off if you are a key worker. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the Square Ball. I'm Dan Moylan. Hello. And with me is Michael Normanson. Hello. Moscow White as well, Daniel Chapman. Hello. The big thing on the horizon now over the next week or two is the summer special, the champion special that we've released. And it's got girthier as well. It started out at, was it, 212 pages, and it's now up at 228 pages of promotion. Champions, goodness, the biggest thing we've ever done. I think it started at about 100 pages, and then Eamon went mad. Although, actually, what happened was we got loads and loads of really good articles and pieces of artwork. We don't have to do a hard sell on it anymore because we're basically we're sold untold numbers of these more than we ever expected but there is genuinely some of the the best articles we've probably ever published uh, are in this promotion brought out the uh the poignant emotional side in a, a lot of our readers and illustrators and uh and that's all gone into it it's come a long way since me and dan shoddily put together a 32 page black and white thing back in uh 2009 i'm glad uh, someone else mainly is responsible for putting that together now you can get that and the Champions merch via the squareball.net. Well, we've been toying with the idea of being a Premier League podcast for a while. We officially are now because Leeds United is officially a Premier League club. It was the Premier League AGM last Thursday as we record this one. And um, we're up. Others are down. They, they laughed Bournemouth, Watford and Norwich out of the room. They took their share certificates off them and threw, I don't know, Maybe exchange them for an envelope with a dog Todd in it. They're out anyway. We're in. Who um, who attends this on our behalf? I did wonder. Victor Orta going in there with his binoculars and that pink flag yelling at them all. Maybe some Baradi psych them all out. I imagine we sent Kinnear. He's a bit more acceptable, isn't he, as the face of Leeds United? He'll just make um, sarcastic cutting comments about everybody that they won't realise were actually incredibly bitchy until... Hours later, nice guy that Kinnear. Yeah, he said some lovely things about about my shoes. Hold on a minute. We are setting about upsetting quite a lot of clubs already. It seems in the Premier League, certainly their fans anyway, which is nice. Uh, one of the things that we're going to have to get used to is just a mere three substitutes next season. I don't know what the world's coming to, and we're having to go back to those paltry numbers. I say take it back to none. I want goalkeepers on the left wing nursing dislocated shoulders and stuff like that, like it was in the good old days. I was having a look at the. Um... Leeds United match worn website for some reason the other day because um, I'd noticed the incredible trivia that there were two versions of the green and blue Thistle Hotels 
kit. There was the, the one that we wore the first time had a different collar and the stripes were in a different order and had a different ASICS badge. I'd never noticed that. So I went and had a look at Leeds United match worn where there are these things available. And um, I can't remember the name of the chap who, who runs that because I get the match worn guys mixed up. So I don't want to make a mistake, but he has a short sleeved green and blue third kit with Lukic one on the back because when you were only allowed two outfield substitutes from your bench of two outfield players and a goalkeeper, there were scenarios in which you could use your goalkeeper as an outfield player. So John Lukic had a shirt made up with Lukic one on the back, which I now, it's a a profound sadness in my life that I never got to see John Lukic wearing that and and playing outfield in 1996. We all saw how good John Lukic was with his feet, didn't we? I think we missed out so much. (laughs) Imagine the scenes. The complete bomb scare that used to occur when there was a, a, a pass back to him was would have been absolutely glorious to see him trying to play the number 10 role. He could kick a long way, though. His goal kicks would had tremendous length. Just he needed a little time to think about it, that's all. And on the front of those new glorious Adidas shirts, we have learned uh, that we've got a new sponsor, a new shirt sponsor. Spotop. Spotop. Is it a silent S? Is it Botop? Butop? SBO top, same people who were SBO bets who sponsored West Ham and Cardiff. It seems like they've had a slight rebrand and, and SBO top is going to be their UK arm. It's an offshore gambling company that replaces an offshore gambling company as our current shirt sponsor. So there we go. A good news story there. Welcome to the Premier League, everybody, where where you hope for better, but you always have to settle for worse. It's more or less every Premier League team is sponsored by a gambling company or a, um, an airline that partly owns the company, owns the uh, club in itself. So uh, it was always going to be a gambling company, wasn't it? I think it would have been nice to have, you know, sponsored by the Duncan or something. But these days, it's pretty unlikely. If you're going to try and get money out of Humphrey Smith, Sam Smith Brewery owning the the Duncan, they do not let go of a a pound note very easily. I mean, it's one of these where it, it is what it is and you can... Interesting to kind of join a couple of the dots because they were West Ham's sponsor when Angus Kinnear took over as their managing director in 2013. Um, although they did run away at the end of that season. I wonder if there is a, a familiarity, um, old friends welcoming each other through the door for this deal. On the plus side, they've got a lovely logo. <laughs> I mean, for those not familiar with the SS, which was, uh, as Wikipedia describes them, a major paramilitary organisation under Adolf Hitler and the Nazi Party. Yeah, imagine that mixed with some arms and some gambling. Yeah, the uh, the the German SS did not have like cuddly arms to make it look like they were running. So there is a difference, but it's um, not so much of a difference that you might not have said to the designer. Got got something else. I mean, the other thing to notice is that the there's like a full width letter zero in the middle of this thing that the. Uh, the dancing Nazi is a top. And then in the middle of the words top, there's a much thinner O, which would be a zero. So I don't know if this is actually, it's silent S, bot zero P is actually who was sponsored by. Is it a Nazi on a unicycle? Waving his hands in the air. Have we considered that? Well, for balance, he's got his arms out. Yeah, I think that's accurate, isn't it? How <laughs> I look at it. Hmm. I mean, I've seen, I've seen, much, much worse logos. And I hold out hope 
that will maybe just go with the lettering on the shirts because and that's what i mean when i see i've seen much worse logos i've not seen many logos based on the ss insignia that look great but the, the lettering is fine what i always look for in a a legionite sponsor is one where the letters can be sort of cut out individually and put across the shirt in felt because we always had that until white and Mackay came along and had that big horrible just iron on plastic label that they put emblazoned across the the front of our shirt and we immediately got relegated we should always have just an individual letter design um, preferably in blue against the white shirt and hopefully that's what um, that's what we'll get from this. The Thistle Hotels one had a nice squidgy quality to it, didn't it, as well? The actual thistle on the logo was particularly satisfying to press, I seem to remember. I want a nice pressy bit. Well, the Nazi might be nice and pressy, you never know. I think that would probably ruin the, the feeling of it somewhat, knowing I was pressing a, a logo for the SS. But wasn't there um, a Leeds flag designed years ago for the South Stand, which was basically the SS logo, and someone just had to go, uh, not that one. Maybe just, maybe just re, redo that, given the connotations of it. Yeah, I think the person involved had, had sort of seen Black Sabbath's logo and sort of taken that as the inspiration, not realising the um, the other implications uh, that were involved. Hopefully we will see what this looks like uh, soon. Bill Mummery, who is the uh, the boss of SBOT0P, has said... Um, he did a, he he actually broke the embargo on this news on Manx radio where it's an interesting thing cuz yeah so this outfit are based in the Isle of Man so we can be satisfied that any money that we do spend with them will contribute no tax and their director is uh, Bill Mummery and he was speaking he broke the news in an exclusive interview on Manx radio whose chairman is William Mummery and their pictures on LinkedIn are very very similar but I think it's a different person. But but you can't have one brother, like two brothers, Bill and William, but they're about the same age. So it can't be like a father and son. So I'm very confused about the relation of, of Bill and William Mummery. Anyway, Bill went on there and he was talking about the sponsorship and he was said uh, he was asked by the presenter, who is probably his cousin, said, um, will you be able to go to Elland Road? Because a big part of a sponsorship is you, you basically want to be swanning around as if you're on the place and he said i would very much like to think that in three weeks time i may be able to go over to participate at elland road in the actual launch of the kit and then he kind of held up an imaginary shirt even though he was on the radio it's one of those things where i watched it on youtube because um the radio has pictures now i think it's had them since around the 1920s and we've got uh, john logie baird to thank, but the actual launch of the kit that he held up an imaginary shirt and said the shirt and so on, but it'll all depend on he then blathered on about for ages, he's he's quite a, a voluminous talker, which I disapprove of, but it all depends on COVID-19 whether he can come or not, but yeah, so three weeks, we'll see the shirt maximum according to Bill Mummery, and if he's wrong, we can go to the Isle of Man and we can find one of these several Bill Mummeries and, um, and sort him out, oh, we don't get William by mistake he also defended for a while that it was quite an interesting comment when he asking about whether or not gambling companies should be sponsoring football teams as well. And he was basically saying how the gambling industry has regulated itself very well. And um, if you ban these things, it gets forced underground. <laughs> <laughs> what? Are you, think, are you suggesting people would be going 
on street corners trying to put a, an accumulator on. You've seen gangster movies. I mean, that's exactly what it, it used to be like. That's what you know Al Capone was shooting people all about because if yeah, they, but no uh, one was suggesting no one was suggesting you can't gamble. They were just saying it was just in relation to that being on football shirts was what, what it was talking about, which I think are two very distinct things. Yeah, and I think we should probably mention as well. I mean, we are kind of clutching our handbags about the fact that Leeds United have another betting sponsor, but we do also bang on ad nauseum about you being an inveterate gambler as if it's the best and funniest thing in the world. So the hypocrisy that comes along with being a football supporter is very, very true and present. And uh, and it is one of those things where you kind of, you'd, you'd prefer Leeds to be sponsored by... Lion Cabinets. Lion Cabinet or a logistics company with a, a, a warehouse at the end of Lowfields Road. But you know, it's basically modern football is going to give you a betting sponsor and you're going to go and, and gamble with them. Probably somebody else because they don't seem that great. Premier League, this is the pond that we're in now and these are the fish that are available. Is about the size of it. We can't really complain at all, can we? I mean, Lion Cabinets are not going to buy you too many Ben Whites. They're still going Lion Cabinets, you know, I think. I think they do still exist in, in a, a form. I noticed them the, the other year, but sadly not putting their money where their big feline mouth is. If their corporate slogan isn't the pride of Yorkshire, I'd be really annoyed. Here we go. They are proud to offer industries best quality cabinets with affordable prices. We offer our customers several cabinet lines, vanities, storage solutions, hardware lines and flooring products for every taste and budget. Their logo is terrible now, though. And the man who runs it is actually called uh, Willie Mummery, which you believe. <laughs> Him and his brother Billy both run it. Yeah, so we've got Clipper on the uh, the training kit, and they're like one of the, the secondary sponsors now, to all intents and purposes. It looks like, and no doubt we get a, I don't know, a noodle sponsor and a tractor sponsor, and I don't know, um, hair dye sponsor things. I believe the Ken Bates deal with um, the Ainsley Harriet Couscous. That's a that was a twenty year deal at the time, so we were probably not allowed to to go for another food partnership for another another decade or so. But yeah, I mean, Clippers are kind of an obvious one lead overrun by a Leeds fan wants to be involved I mean I, I don't think many Leeds fans are probably buying logistics off the back of it but it's a nice thing for for them to do Clipper are, um, are quietly quite a big deal and Steve Parkin who runs them has been as near as anybody to actually buying Leeds United at various points um, over the last 20-30 years and they keep they do keep just sort of quietly getting bigger to Clipper and um, I think he sponsored when there was that massive disco ball at Sheaf Street he sponsored that a couple of years ago they were struggling for money and he, he basically went to them and said sounds great sounds like it'd be a really good thing for Leeds I'll give you all the money you need to make that happen so he's generally sort of an alright fellow he's kind of they, they balance out the old um, Isle of Man tailless cat betting incest Nazi thing by being like a <laughs> A Leeds company run by a Leeds, a Leeds fan who do have, you know, their main warehouse is on uh, Gelded Road, just um, basically a, a stone's throw from the, the stadium. So there is that that kind of local connection that we do tweely crave. Bit of news that's just in, I'm just seeing on Twitter that um, it's been reported with Sky Italia that Andrea Radrazzani is part of an Italian consortium that has just made an offer to buy Syria at Club Genoa. Should you be looking on Twitter when you're doing a podcast with us? I'm a little bit offended. I know that we're all um, we're having to record this remotely because of social distancing and whatnot, but if you could 
put some trousers on and stop looking at Twitter and concentrate on the podcast, I would appreciate it. I'm still looking at the um, at the SBO top Twitter account, actually, myself, and I've not been able to stop. Yes, of course, the uh, SBO top handle. Handle, the right word. Is remarkably different to the S- SBO top underscore UK account, which is the one you want because, well, you might want the other one. You might want the other one. Don't let me judge you on what you do in your spare time. It's up to you. We should just give people a warning, though. Do not look at that if you are at work. It's it's not safe for work. It's not safe for family. It's not safe for much, really. But you're telling me Andrea Rajitani wants Genoa. Yes. This could finally be the deal that brings Thomas Scaravi to Leeds, couldn't it? I was immediately just looking at Genoa's squad, actually seeing who we can steal, if anyone. But, uh, I mean, I, I don't know enough about Italian football, to be perfectly honest. They could have the best young player in the world, and I probably wouldn't know who they were. Best young player in the world probably not going to be playing in Italy at the moment. It's quite poor. Not sure what Phil Hayes doing at the moment. He's, had, he's got another week off this week. Excuses being the school holidays. He is on the podcast with us later this week. And keep an eye out for things on The Athletic. Plenty of breaking news now across the next few weeks. He's going to be covering all the stories in depth, ad-free on The Athletic. There's a 40% square ball discount if you want to go through us and uh, get some money off your first year. Theathletic.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I don't know what you did all weekend, but I was busy trying to free Ben White. Did you do your bit for the campaign? I saw others were, were on top of it, so I've, I've mainly left them to it. But yeah, it's gathered a bit of momentum, hasn't it, this one? And, and yet, he remains in Brighton or wherever he is with Calvin Phillips somewhere. That said, what Phil did say when we spoke to him on the on the Phil Hayes show was that Brighton were going to be going back today. It's Monday the 10th of August as we're recording this and it's going to be Brighton's first day back today. So if anything was going to start moving on that, it might start moving today. And I think it's no coincidence perhaps that this story leaked over the weekend. I mean, breaking down the leak, you've seen Sky were reporting that bids of 18 and a half and 22 million quid have been rejected by Brighton. But also that Ben White has rejected two contract offers and it does make you wonder what's the origin of this story making it into the public domain. And my suspicions, based on nothing at all, you wonder if maybe the agent has has done this, trying to, to oil the wheels or something. He's available, isn't he? He's there to be freed, there to be bought. It's just a matter of um, how much and how to do it and how Brighton can come out of it looking like they had no choice to save face with them. Um, with their fans who who don't seem pleased about the idea of him signing for Leeds United. Not sure if they have very strong feelings about it before the weekend, but certainly events online seem to have, have changed their mind somewhat, gone in a different direction. But, I mean, it's a truism, I suppose, that every single player has their price. If somebody came in offering £200 million for Calvin Phillips tomorrow, probably have to be quite a serious conversation with him at, at Elland Road. And if enough money gets waived in front of Brighton, then they'd probably have to let him go, particularly if Ben White kicks off about the fact that they're still basically paying him a paper round wage. You do get that vibe, don't you, that that's the key to this. And Phil made this point as well, saying that the contract rejections, it's probably the most prominent part of this narrative. I mean, the the paper round, I suspect, is earning him more money than any of us have ever earned in our lives, which is still not bad, but he, he mainly is at the stage where we could probably convince someone to pay him like 80 grand a week. And that could be us. In the Premier League, terrible. Yeah, I mean, how high do we go on this? I do think we're in danger of, of going a bit 
late night eBay shopping on this. I once on Twitter, I can't remember even what the item was. It was some Leeds thing. Someone was auctioning something off for charity and it was good. It was like a signed title winning shirt or something. It didn't have any bids on it. And I was like, came swaggering. It was like, oh, 300 quid or something. Because I was just trying to get it going, thinking it'll go for double that. And then no one else put a bid in for about three days. And and they kept retweeting saying I was still winning it. And I was thinking, oh no, I can't afford that. <laughs> so we might, we need to just be a little bit reserved on it, I think. Because bear in mind, he was brilliant last year, but he has never, ever played in the Premier League. He's twenty. He's going to be 23, I think, quite soon. So he's not that young. I don't know. I'm concerned that we're going to go mad on him because he had such a good year last year. A bit like when we didn't sign Kyle Bartley. There are other centre-halves available. And I did say we maybe should have gone for this Dutch defender that Brighton signed because they got him for his release clause of £900,000. And he, you know, he's a Champions League player and he'd probably be very, very good. Ben White is excellent, though, and Bielsa likes him and Bielsa has used him and he would fit in straight away, which is a consideration given how short pre-season is going to be. Um, Whoever else comes in would have to be very quickly up to speed and we know that's not really how Bielsa works. So I think there's a factor there of a player who knows what they're doing. I'm desperately trying to avoid saying knows the club is actually a benefit at this point because of those shorter time frames. His and his quality though, um, I've actually I'm trying not to just repeat everything that I've written for the Yorkshire Evening Post on Tuesday, but that's basically what I've written about comparing him to Rio Ferdinand, who was also uh, 22 when we signed him for 18 million, and Ben White is 22 now. Uh, I think he's a, he's about three or four months older than than Rio Ferdinand was. And he, I've not seen a player, a defender, as good as Rio Ferdinand at Leeds United until Ben White came along. And although it pains us to kind of remember it because of where he ended up and how he ended up being, Rio Ferdinand was so fucking good when he played for Leeds United. He was absolutely outstanding. And you could see the difference in, in quality. I do tend to agree with that sentiment, actually, about him, him knowing the club. Because we had this discussion around Eddie and Ketia last year and we said that okay if he scores a few goals here and there and those goals end up seeing us promoted it was worth the four million quid or whatever it was that he cost us because there's so many rewards on offer in the Premier League this next season and it's the same with Ben White if we have to drop an extra five million on him to get him through the door he's oven ready and can play in that system instantly and we're on a tight turnaround so for the sake of staying up and being in the Premier League again for another season after that it's worth it, isn't it, surely? Yeah, having said earlier, we shouldn't go too mad. I now think we should just spend all of our money on him. It's fine. He is really good. I think what Moscow said about the Rio Ferdinand comparison is is correct as well. I, I don't think we've seen anyone anything like as good as this. And while we have had some very good defenders over the years, there's not been anyone who's been as Ferdinand-like in the overall game. Like, Kisnobo was a very good defender for us. Richard Naylor was very good, but they were they just did the defending bit. Whereas Ben White knocks half volleys in from the edge of the box and runs the length of the pitch with the ball. I can give you some stats on this as well, because people fucking love stats. So I put some stats in the YEP thing. The season before we signed Rio Ferdinand, we were shipping 1.13 goals every game. And if you remember the start of the Champions League season before we signed him, we had loads of injuries. So it went up to 1.36 per game. So we needed to sort that out, which is why we spent so much on... Ferdinand and over the next year and a bit I only calculated it up until 
basically before the Cardiff game when everything went to shit. But in that one year when if if the Premier League had been over calendar years, we would have completely foreshored it. We went from conceding like 1.3 goals per game to 0.81, which is better. I don't know if, if people are familiar with the with how that stat works, but that's better. And then on Pontus Janssen, if we were going up to the Premier League with Liam Cooper and Pontus Janssen, I think most people would probably be happy and say, right, we keep those two. When we had Pontus Janssen under Bielsa last season, 1.08 conceded per game. And then in our promotion year, we had a full year of Ben White, 0.76 per game. So it's a quarter of a goal better every game with Ben White, which is the kind of impact that I think is good. And I would like to see repeated. And then, yeah, the, the question is, can he do it in the Premier League? Would he be able to step up um, in the Premier League? But who would we sign of an equivalence who could guarantee performance in the Premier League to a greater extent than than Ben White? I think from having seen him play for a year, we can probably be like 60, 70 percent sure that he's going to be as good in the Premier League as we expect. But then if we signed somebody else that we've we've not got the same familiarity with, that goes down a bit. So you may be like 40 or 50% and it's a bit more of a, a gamble. So if, if everything is kind of about minimising the risk to ensure good performance, it feels like paying a little bit more for the really, really good player who gives you greater chances of being better in defence, which is where it's going to be important, feels like it would be worth it. So I say top limit, 50 million. Another angle on this and the reason why I've always felt quite confident quietly we might get him is because of the stage of his career that he's at as well and I know that there are some of the Champions League clubs who are reported to be in for him but would he want to go into those clubs and play third or fourth choice and see the great progress that he's made forward in his career this last season would he want to see that end and I can't even say for certain whether if he stayed at Brighton he would play as first choice so you've got a very clear pathway here to taking the next step up. So he's done a full season in the championship, absolutely smashed it. Clear pathway into doing a full season, being Bielsa's first choice in the Premier League. And to me, that feels very attractive to a player who's at the stage of his career that he's at. It's not like he played in the Champions League last year, is it? He can do a season in the in the Premier League, kind of become accustomed to that. And then hopefully as we take steps forward, he takes steps forward with us. I mean, if he's concerned about us trapping him, he can always sign for us for... 25 million, 30 million or whatever and insist there is like a an 80 million pound release clause or something in there. So, you know, when Real Madrid do come, he does have the option to go. And Bielsa is a, a factor in this. I mean, how much better is fucking Frank Lampard going to make him if he goes there, world-class training? Yeah, right. And then is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer going to turn him into a, a world-class defender? Will he bring his game on? He'd be working alongside Phil Jones every day if he went there. You've got to remember that. Harry Maguire will really sort his game out. And that's a consideration as well, because if he does want to grow into the the world of the Premier League, he knows how much Bielsa has improved him. And Bielsa has that knowledge. Bielsa's managed in the Europa League, he's managed in Spain, he's managed at World Cups, Argentina. He was He was the boss of Argentina when Argentina were really, really fucking good until they got to the World Cup and were really, really fucking bad. But he... He knows what he's doing and he knows he knows he'll get a good education in what will be a difficult season because if we're throwing him into the Premier League where he's never been before, he'll need somebody to help him 
learn what to do. And it's not going to be Liam Cooper who can tell him, Marcelo Bielsa can be the one to educate them both. He comes to a place, a city that he's familiar with, so the the uprooting and moving house factor and all that kind of shit that can throw off a Felix Fiedveld is removed from the equation. He gets to hang out with Calvin Phillips every single day and he's in the Premier League and he'll be earning a fat load more money than uh, Brighton will ever be able to scrape together and, and give him because they've signed 17 other centre-halves. It just makes sense. And then, yeah, and if he does become, if he outstrips Leeds United in his progress, then, yeah, a couple of years down the line, he can have his pick of the big clubs and will throw some kind of tiny sell-on fee to Brighton if they insist. But it just it does make more sense to come to Leeds and not upset everybody because if crowds are back in stadiums um, at some point next season and he comes to Elland Road wearing another team's shirt, I think he'll wish he was still in jail. I wasn't being glib when I suggested before that his friendship with Calvin might be persuasive because he's a young man and being settled, as you just touched on there, Moscow, is going to be a very, very important factor. I mean, he's, for all he's Brighton's player, he's not in Brighton's first team squad and never has been, whereas potentially he's found himself a home. I mean, this could all blow up in our faces as well. It might not happen. It could be that money talks. It could be that Brighton don't want to sell. But it just feels to me that's the way that the wind is sort of quietly blowing. Whether it comes to pass or not, I guess we just see, don't we? I do feel a bit like you should, on principle, just fuck Brighton off. Because they signed Adam Webster from Bristol last summer rather than play him. They could have just kept him if they'd have thought he was any good, but they didn't. And now all of a sudden it's got to the... He's kind of got to the end of the film and he's taken his glasses off and everyone's gone, my God, he's gorgeous. He's been he's been so good all along. Now we love him. But, you know, they didn't see that in him, did they? They thought he was a, a dowdy, bookish type. It looks like uh, Joe Gelhart has now been completed today. Reports emerging that he's signed today on Monday. Joffy. Sorry, yes, to give him don't his mum's Don't his mother. Lynn will be mad if you don't call him Joffy. Oh, poor old Lynn. Poor old Lynn. So that, that's done and dusted. What about Harry Wilson? Now, there's a name that... Um, has popped up, interestingly tweeted by our new gambling overlords, SBO Bet, uh, a few days ago, saying that we were trying to buy him from uh, Liverpool. SBO Top. Same company, different badge. Anyway, it was reported that that Leeds were going to try and sign sign him from Liverpool for 15 million quid. Also getting reported in the papers, so you suspect inquiries have maybe taken place. Uh, Would you welcome him with open arms, Mr. Spy Gay Binoculars? I'd welcome him with a shovel to his to his arrogant little face. He's good, though. I will say that. Yeah. We've put a photo on our prep sheet of him riding on Richard Keogh. Did, did he call himself Keezy when he was signing? He, Keogh did his letter to the Derby fans to say he was signing for a club that doesn't exist, and he signed off Keezy. So he's riding on Keezy's shoulders doing the binoculars thing at Elland Road last year, but... I can only judge by the photo that he was about 12 at this point and just going along with what the big lads were basically doing, trying to fit in. His heart's not in it. His teeth are fantastic. <laughs> and he has got a wonderful left foot. He's, re- he's a really talented footballer. Yeah, if, I think if we attack him on his first day of training with gardening equipment, we need to leave his feet alone. But um, he's just got no business going around with that such a beautiful face and a smug attitude. So... Beat that out of him, but let him let his dancing feet tap on. We've also seen plenty of um, rumour about under-23s players coming in. I mean, how do you pronounce this? Cody Drama. It's, yeah, it's the Warnock pronunciation. Mary J. Blige won't be happy about this. She told us years ago, no more, 
No more drama. 18-year-old right back from Fulham. He's been playing in the uh, England setup, youth setup for quite some time. Very highly rated, but hasn't yet played for their first team. But he's coming to the final year of his contract. And now maybe we're seeing the, the fruits of Leeds becoming a, a Category 1 academy and uh, being Premier League makes all the difference. Scotty Parker obviously didn't, didn't rate him highly enough. So on that basis, I think we should probably sign him. And Charlie Allen, we know about, even though that's not been officially confirmed at all. But we have seen a cake. I mean, I think this should be a thing. Once there's a cake, the deal's in place, isn't there? There was a, I can't remember what it said in it, but it was like a good luck, Charlie. Here's a Leeds badge on a cake. Off you go. Uh, so I don't know why we're not announcing that yet. But yeah, he's signing. Will he have to live next to Charlie Cake Park in Armley? Is that a thing? Yeah, it's park in Armley. It's a triangular park called Charlie Cake Park. Can't remember why. I used to know. It's very nice. Uh, transfers out-wise, we've seen Kamal Mirzek being linked with a loan to Huddersfield, which I suspect is something we're going to see quite a lot with uh, Corbyn having gone there. Whether there's any truth in that, do we care or not? He's probably got the ump with it. It's a Camel joke. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Well done. Yeah, well done. Um, we said the other week, actually, we threatened to introduce a section called Internet Bollocks. So should we do some Internet Bollocks now then for transfers? I mean, I'm the one that's categorised these, so I might be wrong, in fairness. I was just trying to find stories where there isn't a sort of a mainstream source for them or whether it seems to just be one clickbait website reporting another one. So apologies if any of these turn out to be correct. And who are they? Who I've not heard of any of these. Uh, Rob Dickey, which is a good name. Um, he's his 25-year-old centre-back from Oxford. Newcastle apparently want him and some others. And we've got Odson Edward, who is the guy we mentioned a while ago from Celtic, who the Sunday Mirror have claimed he's our number one target up front this summer which I was assured was Edson Cavani by other newspapers. So maybe he's our new number one. And Amadou Diawara, who's a 23-year-old Roman midfielder. So God knows, keep an eye on him for them to not ever happen. Of those, Edouard is the one that I would like because when that story was first mooted, lots of Celtic fans started saying, um, why will he go for Leeds? He should go to a big club. So we should buy him just to spite them. I mean, Rob Dickey, I looked at, he's playing at Oxford, but started his career at Reading. So he's got some of the Shocknessy pedigree there, which is, do we still own him? Uh, no, I think we released uh, ah, Shocknessy. He yeah, he went to Burton for good. Ah, well, I was going to say we could just play him instead. But, you know, maybe maybe Dickey's a better bet. Speaking of Oxford, Kamar Roof back in the UK, gone to Rangers. I quite liked it when Rod Wallace did well up there. I wish him well. Do we know how much they've paid for him? No, I was uh, not disclosed. There seems to be rumours of four and a half million quid, which is obviously taking a bit of a hit for um, for Anderlecht. Don't know what's going on there. He did, I thought he was doing all right at Anderlecht. Was that not the case? I think he was doing okay, scored some goals, but then injuries, which is probably the most generic thing I could have said about his season, but that's about the limit of my knowledge. But that is genuine, like as far as I'm aware, injuries kind of, did for him a bit. If you remember, he was injured when he signed for them, wasn't he? We we sold them um, slightly damaged goods, but um, he did all right. But I mean, Scotland's easier, isn't it? So he'll be fine there. Previous podcast, did we do that ahead of the playoff final? Yes, we did. We've done a Phil Hay one since. All right. So we should get our thoughts on this then. Do we care that Fulham have come up rather than Brentford? Are we interested? It feels like old news, old childish battles on the internet. I did say I wanted uh, Brentford to stay down so we could cherry pick the players we want from them. So that was quite a, a good bonus. And then the, the circumstances, I mean, it was a fucking terrible game. It was boring. You know, Brentford are supposed to be 
all this exciting, you know, oh, our coach has got long hair and we've named our strikers after a car. Fucking rubbish. Just get some fucking fullback who was made to look like an absolute shambles when he played against us at Elland Road. Just spanked the ball past Bailey Peacock Farrell a couple of times and game's won. If they could have done that in the first 10 minutes, I could have gone and done something else. I would have appreciated it. So I immediately have a grudge against Fulham for that. It was a, I mean, I kind of wanted Fulham to go up as well for similar reasons. And that I just got annoyed by Brentford being so cocky. And when that goal went in, it was funny. Just on the replays of it, of him diving way after the shot. If you've ever seen a golfer hit a bad shot, they quite often will stand back and take another swing at it as if they're hitting it again, thinking like, ah, oh, this is what I should have done. And that was essentially what Raya did in the net. It was like, yep, yeah, if I'd have been here a few seconds earlier, I could have maybe stopped this. Credit to Scotty Parker, though. Apparently he'd seen that as a as a tactic and had told him about it to say, look to shoot on a free kick because he, he stands away off his line. So we're, while we may have said Scotty Parker was a pound shot Frank Lampard, maybe he did some actual coaching there. Yeah, there he was with his incredible advice. Shoot at the goal. Fucking hell, you could have done it. Well, that's true. I, I mean, I'm taking Frank Lampard as the benchmark. So, I mean, I, I warmed to Parker a bit in the post-match interview when he was nearly blubbing. He could, couldn't hold back the tears, could he? Bless him. He's blardigan. And I mean, he has actually got him up. So whatever you say about how maybe Fulham's squad should have seen them promoted sooner and what, what have you. He did, he did beat the self-appointed best team in the championship in Brentford. So he's got to have some credit for that, even if on the day both teams really should have been kept down for the good of the Premier League. You say the championship's uh, self-appointed best team. They were, as you described it, Michael, very pleased with themselves in the last season. But now they've gone back to being little old Brentford. Have you noticed that narrative has changed online? What are you tweeting about us for, little old Brentford? Obsessed? Got you on strings? Fishing emoji? Yeah, that's interesting. Really interesting, lads. I mean, we're not going to tweet about Brentford again, are we? Not until we pinch Ben Rama. I mean, oh, oh, there'll be some joy in that, but I don't think there's going to be an awful lot of interaction between us in the next season. I wouldn't have thought. Maybe a bit of a bit of Janssen baiting aside, I'm not sure. Premier League next year, it's looking pretty strong, isn't it, really? It's a strong lineup. Better for having us in it, I think. It's certainly, there's not an obvious like Huddersfield or Bournemouth in there, is there? I mean, Burnley, I guess I consider a bit of a lower league team traditionally, but the rest of them, I'm kind of happy with. It's an all right division, is that? Maybe now would be a good time to suggest there's no more relegation. I know we've previously said that had ruined the game, but I think maybe now, pull that ladder up. I mean, to be fair, the uh, the founding season of the Premier League, when it included Oldham and Ipswich and Middlesbrough, snuck in. It's come a long way since then. Looks like an all right um, set of teams. There's a lot of great set of lads. Just looking at the list of managers, actually, and seeing if any of them have been managed to hang around since last time we were there. Was uh, Roy Hodgson, was he Blackburn manager or something last time we were in the Prem? Steve Bruce must have been somewhere as well. I mean, Steve Bruce might have been playing. David Moyes, he's been around forever as well. But yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of new people to hate, isn't there? It's going to be nice. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here we are then in mid-August, still not aware of where our end-of-season party is going to be yet. Strange old year that it's been. Talking about the booze baton slash sangria stick. Conceived in August 2019 and throughout the season was looked after by Eden J. Harris, who is on Twitter if you want to say hi to, uh, to Eden. Basically, end-of-season promotion party was always in the bag from August. It was going to be held in Leeds until somebody beat us. Then it would move to that destination, so on and so forth. We had the domestic European split when uh, Atletico took it off Liverpool. So we know that Southampton's a UK destination. We may have to incorporate a trip to the Isle of Wight as well. The Isle of Wight, uh, Wight who are the supporters uh, club or the, uh, the members club down there, are keen to say hi. So we could go on a... Is that a European tour as well? I mean, I'm pretty sure you can like you can row to the Isle of Wight. So I'm not sure that can count as Europe. Do we need to be factoring in, uh, we can hop across to the Isle of Man while we're on the Isle of Wight, go and visit our new our new friends at S-B-O-T-O-P-0. I mean, do you think the Isle of Wight and the Isle of Man are near to each other? I think you could throw, a, you could swing a cat by its tail from one to the other. <laughs> okay, I'm just, if, you, if you're planning on sailing, between the two or something, it's going to take a while, just to warn you. Which is the one that Matt Letizia is from? He's from neither, is he? isn't he from the Channel Islands? Isn't he from Guernsey or somewhere? <laughs> we'll go there as well. I might be thinking of Graham the <laughs> I think he's from there too. <laughs> Matt Letizia had to do like a big um, a big apology and like weird... Well, it wasn't really an apology, was it? He sort of went, these are my opinions that I'm sticking by me. You could all fuck off, is what he more or less said. That's how I feel about the location of the Isle of Man. Great. So that's nailed on for the Isle of Dogs and Southampton. And the European tour is still in the hands of Atletico Madrid. Uh, possibly in jeopardy as two of their players have coronavirus, but they are playing uh, Leipzig in a few days' time. Then later on this week in the Champions League quarterfinal. And then from there, it's Atlanta or Paris Saint-Germain in the semi. I mean, they've maybe highlighted here why we shouldn't be going to Europe. At this, exact, at this exact moment, as much as we may like to... Yeah, the old coronavirus is not great. It's for travel still, is it? But um, best of luck to them, playing with their disease team. They've all gone to Lisbon anyway, so it's not holding them back. Apart from, obviously, the guys who've got it. But, but yeah, I still hope, that even the ones that have got it, um, I hope they pull through and can beat Leipzig. Because, as we mentioned before, they're just a, a big soft drink company, aren't they? Levi Solicitors, our podcast partner, on hand to sort you out with legal matters when you need a little bit of assistance. They've got offices across the country. Leeds-based company, though. Uh, they're contending with social distancing, so don't pop into their offices willy-nilly. But you can get all their uh, full range of services, personal and commercial legal services, on their website. You can get 10% off for going through us, 20% off if you're a key worker. 
discounts uh, all laid out on the website. Get in touch via levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. We need to have a serious discussion here now, gentlemen, before we get into this section or as we get into this section. Heroes and villains. First, we do the Ken Bates Villainy Award. People have done good things and bad things over this last week. Is it time now? Now we've got this Ken Bates monkey off our back. We've been promoted. Is it time now to do away with this award or to rename it because we are now a Premier League club? I mean, I'm mainly suggesting this because it's harder to find Ken Bates news each week. And I feel like if Casper's Ken Bates fails to win a re- his re-election campaign, then we will have nothing to talk about. You say that with one side of your mouth, and I would reply to the the concept of replacing Ken Bates in the title of this award in any way with name me somebody who is worse. So that's the first problem. Secondly, you say, oh, oh, the finding news about Ken Bates is difficult. What's the Ken Bates news this week from Wyoming? Well, he's given us a gift this week because he's trying to starve cats. (laughs) Right. So I don't think there's necessarily a shortage of Ken Bates events that means we need to to rush into finding uh, somebody else from hell that we can name this award after. I I propose we um, we stick with it. We've come this far. Right, you know what to do, Michael. Go on, crack on. Well, I better explain the story. He doesn't straight up want to kill cats. Uh, not necessarily. Starve, the ki- starve you said. Starve I mean, them. They can be starved and survive. Not, not, not indefinitely. <laughs> Doesn't seem like a very nice thing to do. So the the city council are considering changes. <laughs> so much. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think I've stuck with the image of of Ken Bates barely keeping a cat alive. <laughs> you see, this is why we need to keep the award named after him because it fits, doesn't it? Anybody else would feed them. Dishing out a little teaspoon of whiskers every day. There you go. I'm eating the rest. <laughs> anyway, um, to try and control feral cats and dogs, they're on about bringing in a rule that says you're not allowed to feed them. Um, and Ken says he's, he's worried about the impact it might have on feral cats and wild on wildlife populations. But he says, however, starving a cat, we kind of struggle with. Doesn't struggle as much as the cat, does he? I think a, a trap spay or neuter and reduce program might help. If they can't breed, they go away completely. Though we'll never have cats not existent in the world. I don't know what the answer is between the two. The proposed feeding Ben versus trap spay or neuter and reduce program. He wants a new coat, doesn't he? A new coat? <laughs> a hundred and one cats in his new coat. I mean, it gets it goes from not feeding them to essentially... Cat genocide, he seems to be what he's aiming for at the end. If they can't breed, they go away completely. Oh, oh, okay, Ken. Some people like cats, but uh, it's up to you. Let's not flog this horse or indeed this cat to death and move on to somebody else then and nominate the sun for their terrible quote-unquote journalism. Lead them on. Leeds transfer hopes crushed as Edison Cavani completes £8.1 million a year move to Benfica. Ruin my day, I know that much crushed 8.1 million pounds sounds like a lot in a year so maybe for the best we didn't sign him yeah and he gets to live in portugal as well which once all the um atletico uh lads clear out might be quite nice again just work that out that's over one hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week every week we need to be saving that for ben white don't we speaking of ben white do we want to nominate some of his suitors only one of them really i can understand why and i would even forgive Jurgen klopp for signing him but 
Chelsea now seemingly are interested, which is just Lampard doing that because Bielsa wants him and he's doing the spoiled kid thing of demanding things that he sees other kids wanting. He can fuck off. I would go along with that. If we're sticking with the theme of uh, horrible managers, Lee Johnson, um, we should probably leave him alone now we're in the Premier League, but he won't shut up. He's been talking about being sacked and the impact that us beating his team resoundingly on the opening day had where he, he, he has cried that he uh, he must have watched that game back about 15 times. I don't know if he used that big telly stole to sit outside and watch it on, but then he just lies. I mean, the, this is just lies. I've been very lucky so far to meet some very, very good coaches playing against Guardiola and then talking to him for 45 minutes just on football in the office. One of the nice things was he grilled me as much as I grilled him about tactics and formations and why we'd done this against them. He's relentless in the pursuit of excellence. That's a lie. That, he's relentless in the pursuit of excellence. That's why he's speaking to a little no-mark from Bristol. Brilliant. Oh, you gave us such a tough game, Lee. Do you want to, do you want to tell me how you did it? Fuck off. It's got one of those vibes of, you know, when players like go in to do charity things and they chat to the kids for a bit. Have you done much football managing before? Oh, this this isn't your first job. Well, I must say, you're you're much more experienced than I, I thought you. You'll be you'll be doing my job at Man City soon, won't you? Hey, I'd better I'd better watch my back. Who's your favourite footballer, Lee? Who's your favourite player in the Manchester City team? Is it David Silver? Oh, he's he's really good, isn't he? he does some really big kicks. He's great. <laughs> On a similar uh, level, Lee Johnson's old understudy, Paul Eckenbottom, keeps propping up from beyond the grave with these frightening non-Bielsa alternative realities that if they'd come to pass, everything in the world would be even more terrible than it is. Imagine 2020, but Paul Eckenbottom is also still Leeds United manager because he says, I've no doubt that if Rolf have been available more often during my time at the club. That could have proved a major difference for me. However, we never got the best players on the pitch often enough, and Kamar, he were one at best. Could it have been a different scenario for me at Leeds with him fit? Yes, 100%. I'd forgotten, actually, how much he used to wind me up when every single fucking question he was asked would be like, Paul, do you think uh, Ferrari will be fit for the weekend? He'd go, yeah, 100%. Oh, were you annoyed with the uh, with that penalty decision? Yeah, hundred percent. Are there any uh, transfer targets? Yeah, hundred percent. Constantly, and then here he is again, saying that basically, if uh, um, if Kemal Roof had been fit during his time at Leeds, then yeah, hundred percent, still be there, still being shit. If only Yaya Dom would have been bombing on that right, crossing it in. That's a lot of certainty, isn't it? That's a lot of hundred percent. It's all he knew how to say. It was that and uh, with the ball, without the ball, with the ball, without the ball, with the ball, without the ball, 100%. 100%. Will I be here next season? 100%. Any of the villain nominations? Bill Mummery. Which one? <laughs> Whichever one broke the embargo. Yeah, see, uh, I mean, it's it's an unusual way, I suppose, to welcome our new um, sponsors. But, I mean, he lives abroad, so he's not going to be able to come and um, ask us about it. Yeah, giving away loads of secrets. Announcing the sponsorship before the club announced it. Basically giving away when the kit reveal is, three weeks from now. What else has he let say? Oh, well, they've also... Uh, well, there's the um, the Harry Wilson speculation that his uh, his uh, social media outlets are, are putting out there. And I had a look on their legit 
Instagram page as well. And their last post is, um, I had to translate this. I'm not sure which language it was in, but the, the last post on their Instagram account is a picture of Frank Lampard that says, how do you think he did in his first year at Chelsea? Which is just more leads baiting. So just be a little bit more circumspect. William, Bill, Billy, Willie, whoever you are. We can't, do, we can't just call him Mummery because then about 30 of them would come running. Do you want me? Is it me? Are you asking me? Is it me? No, it's Bill. I think he wants you. Oh, sorry, William. I was looking at the surname Mummery because I've never heard it before. And Mummering, have you ever heard of Mummering? I have not. It's a Christmas time house visiting tradition practiced in Newfoundland, Ireland and parts of the United Kingdom. Admittedly, we're all from a fairly smallish region of the United Kingdom, but have you, have you known anyone who has done this? It typically involves a group of friends or family who dress in disguise and visit homes within their community or neighbouring communities during the 12 days of Christmas. If the mummers are welcomed into a house, they often do a variety of informal performances that may include dance, music, jokes or recitations. The hosts must guess the mummers' identities before offering them food and drink. They may poke and prod the mummers or ask them questions. To make this a challenge for the hosts, the mummers may stuff their costumes, cross-dress or speak while inhaling. Once the mummers have been identified, they remove their disguises, spend some social time with the hosts, and then travel as a group to the next home. Jehovah's Witnesses, isn't it? Sounds a bit Wicker Man to me, does that? Christ! I don't think anyone's ever done that in the United Kingdom. And if they have, I want them put in prison, along with Bill Mummery. And all the other mummeries. There's one for thisisfootball.com. They've, uh, they've, they've stayed clear of us after the last podcast, but if they want to go ahead with... Um, uh, Michael Normanton of the Square Ball Podcast demands jail for a new club sponsor. And uh, feel free. It's all the mum- mummeries that I want putting in jail. Mummering or, or jannying, as it's sometimes known. Put them in jail with the cats. Oh, if you said jannering, I knew exactly what you were talking about. We do that all the time. Annual tradition in BD10. Mm, yes, the old uh, going around other people's houses and taking presents is a, a tradition you're well on board with there in Bradford. Yeah, we normally wait until the families are all in bed and the lights are out before we let ourselves in. Yeah, absolutely. Villainy then, who is it? Is it Bill? William? Should we welcome him with an award? I mean, well, it's it's the entire whole goddamn interrelated family by the sounds of it, isn't it? Since we had a hundred of them all going from house to house in in cloaks and disguises. Maybe we should nominate Miss, Mrs. Mummery for not knowing that um, Bill and William are technically the same name. We should say, just for the sake of balance, that we have had people who do live on the Isle of Skye who've been in touch and saying that this Bill Mummery is actually a really nice guy. They're genuine, done lots of things. Good egg. Well, I'm sure he's a great bloke. I mean, he's put loads of uh, money into Leeds, so hopefully enough that we'll be able to sign Ben White. That would be a, a, a starting point. So he can, he can look at this as a big Leeds United welcome, can't he? The villain, as he cries in his cell. Right, Mummers can have that then. Andy Hughes Hero Award, someone who's done us some good this last seven days. Who is it? Well, we should probably thank Mummers and his spot-up, spot-up people for giving us a load of money. It's the biggest commercial deal in the club's history, apparently. So they've got more money than Strongbow, which is good to know. So cheers for that. Gambling better than cider. I feel like cider was a very, very much a 2000 sort of vice, wasn't it? Gambling's much more 2020. Get off the booze, get on the bets. That's been the message from football while we've been outside the Premier League, hasn't it? You can't look good on Instagram if you're chugging a load of cider every day, but you can you can still look good on Instagram while gambling your entire uh, future away. Yes, while well, you're sobbing because your bank account is emptied and you've ruined your life. But anybody who is struggling with 
gambling, get some help because it is a serious problem and gamble responsibly. <laughs> I feel like we should put out some kind of serious message here. Yeah, gambleaware.co.uk, I think, is the address that you're looking for. The one that Michael uses most often anyway. I think we should nominate Ben White, by the way, because he won the championship goal of the month for his Yeboah-esque volley against um, Charlton. It's going to be a shame for us not to be able to just win every single award that's decided by a poll in future, because I I believe some Premier League teams have got similar numbers of uh, fans to us. It deserved it, though, didn't it? I saw no, no better goals scored in the championship when I was not really watching the other games because they were irrelevant to me. Our very own Ben White. Great nomination. Great lad. Look forward to seeing you in a few weeks, Ben. Who else do you want to nominate? Marcelo Bielsa can have a, a nomination. We've got Ryan Edmondson to, to thank because he went to Aberdeen and started telling the world about everything that went on with, with Bielsa, including that Bielsa, um, it's been written down here that he made them all rad for half an hour every day. Um, R-A-D, rad, as if they used to listen to some music on a boombox and do some breakdancing. But what they were actually doing was reading, um, sitting down together. Bielsa had printed off uh, 30 or 50 copies of Legacy, what the All Blacks can teach us about the business of life, which does slightly suggest that Bielsa was pirating books. I think um, the publishers of that would probably prefer to have had the 50 sales rather than the, the one sale that then got printed off 50 times. We don't do things like that in this country. Get Frank Lampard on it. In my library growing up, all of the books were genuine. Some were first editions. Um, but anyway, yeah, so Bielsa made them read is that story. And um, Ryan Edmondson could have a nomination as well, because as far as I'm aware, although he's gone on loan to Aberdeen, I think he stayed out of all the um, Aberdeen players piling into a nightclub full of coronavirus problem that was going on up there. So um, well done for him for uh, staying out of trouble, even if his new teammates could not. All right, then pick one from those uh, candidates then. Who's your Andy Hughes Hero Award winner? Give it to Ben White. It's either the first award of the rest of um, our glorious relationship or the last time we can actually nominate him before he's a villain in the near future. So yeah, Ben White. Love you, Ben. Please come back. Well, that draws a line under this one. We've got the Extra Ball coming this week in which we revisit the grief cast. We've got something special in store on the Extra Ball for you as well. So keep an eye out for that. The Champions Special 228 Glorious Pages is available on order now. Limited number of those, so make sure you get one. Don't miss out. It's all at thesquareball.net. We'll speak to you next week. Bye-bye. The Square Ball Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.